There are lots of podcasts, but so many of them do not feature the voices and stories of young Black women and other young women of color. Please check out Bring Your Own Chair, a unique perspective podcast hosted by Kariah Muhammad-Smith. You can find Bring Your Own Chair on iTunes and Spotify. Welcome to T, the Educational Architect. I'm your host, Moore Salata. And in keeping with the importance of embodying one's voice, we begin today's episode by giving space for our guests to give us a self-introduction. I introduce myself a lot to different audiences. I tend to say that I am a cisgender, straight, white male, skinny, bald, with glasses, typically not the best looking person in the room, and potentially the most overeducated person in the room. The thing I think that is important is each one of those characteristics carry a narrative in our society. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, so I'm well aware that there are certain places that I walk into and how I show up matters, right? If it's a, if it's a group of young African-American men at the Urban League, me showing up creates an energy for them that might be different than if I show up in a room of white male CEOs. And I have to not only be aware of that, but also not take it personally. How I show up as part of a bigger narrative that I don't have control over. And so I recognize that it takes time for people to uh, unlearn the narrative about who I actually am. I'd love to share with you a little story on our farm. We've got a 10 acre farm. It's not a certified organic farm, but we use all natural processes. So to become certified organic, it's a lot of paperwork, doesn't mean a lot. But we hired a farmer, Farmer Jason. And, you know, in this country, farmers, farming is not respected, which is interesting because we all eat a lot every day, but we don't don't have a lot of respect for our farmers. So we, we were able to hire... Farmer Jason, he's got 30 years of experience as a uh, natural organic farmer. So really qualified. He's a, uh, you know, he's a 40 year old white guy. He grew up on a farm. His dad was a farmer. So this is generational farming. And he came to us with really deep knowledge about farming, but with a high school degree. And so he oftentimes deferred to people with what he says, more education. Okay. This guy is brilliant. I mean, uh-huh. really deep, deep knowledge about all kinds of food-related things, right? He's just fascinating to listen to. So he started, uh, this is the second season on the farm, and we've been reaching out to a number of groups, including Norris Heaven. I don't know if you're familiar with Norris Heaven, but this is a, it's run by a woman named Wafa. Wafa's from Jordan, I believe. And uh, Norse Heaven serves the Muslim community in the Grand Rapids area. So we got connected with Wafa through COVID, right? We reached out to her and said, does your community need food? So Wafa 
because of this relationship, there's a gentleman who grew up in Syria. I'm sorry, this is a, a there is a point here. He grew up <laughs> in Syria, and as a child, he was a farmer in Syria. So he moved to the United States. I don't know when, but now he's 70, 75. He's visually impaired, but he lives close to Kids Food Basket. So he walks to Kids Food Basket to work with Jason on the farm. And Jason is talking to him about garlic and garlic scapes and how to build bigger bulbs. And this gentleman, um, I almost had his name, I lost it again. He showed Jason a technique that he learned as a boy 60 years ago in Syria. Jason is like, he blew my mind. This made perfect sense. It's stomping on the garlic to break the stems so that the energy uh, coming up through the roots goes to the bulbs instead of the stems, okay? So that next week, we had a group of students, uh, kindergartners from Muskegon Heights. So Muskegon Heights community, 95% African-American. We bus in all these kids from the elementary school, including a group of kindergartners. Uh -huh. and we had the kindergartners stomping our garlic. Right? So from, from Syria 60 years ago to Muskegon Heights kindergartners through the conduit of Jason, a, a white rural farmer in Michigan, right? We're trying to draw these educational, these like lost techniques. These connections, the synopsis, so they can keep generating. Right, right. So we're actually, we're, we're seeking out elderly farmers from a variety of different communities. So we're looking, we have a Syrian farmer, we have an African-American farmer, we want a Latino farmer, right? We want people who have indigenous knowledge as elders to come and work as an advisory council, not only for the farm, which is important to us as community, but also to be able to convey that knowledge then to students, right? Because, because when a student looks up and sees people reflected, mm -hmm. you know, their own reflection in these elders sharing their stories about when they were young and growing and what they learned, we just think this is a really important connection. We're doing it on the farm, even though sometimes we don't do it in our schools, right? Well, the diverse group of people that you have, what I think about when you see a group of folk and they, for me, the most important thing is they don't, they don't all look the same. You know, it's just not like, you know, if there's a committee, they're not all black, they're not all men, they're not all this, because no. to see different collections of people, even if I don't see one who looks like me, it says I could be part of that group because right. that group right. is inclusive. Right. And they just waiting for me because they don't have anybody look like me That's versus right. that group is all the same. Even if I wanted to, they wouldn't let me in. Right. Yep. Yep. So is this the kids food basket farm? Yes. Okay. So what I just had in my mind is, which I would never be a kindergarten teacher because I'm just not built that way. Right. Even in a perfect school world, I still wouldn't be the one, but I could just see like more salada. If you don't behave, you can't go stump garlic next week. I'm like, I got you, Miss M. I'm going to straighten up because I really need to stump some garlic. 
That's right. That sounds so much fun. Like so much fun. It's kinesthetic. It's active. It's tied to something. I can talk about it. Yep. When I get home, I can wear the adult's ears off. <laughs> yeah, so now, you know, I'm in the dirt. I've I'm, 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 I'm uh, got this relationship with the soil and with the plant. We just heard, we just did a, a listening session with some teachers. And one of the teachers, and this was after our learn team went in and talked to them about seeds and seed germination. And Thanks for listening to The Educational Architect. We will return after this brief break. Right, we've got this whole educational process that we do. These kids, when they would get their lunch, they were they were pulling the seeds out of different fruits and vegetables to take them home and grow them themselves. Right, to me, that's when you know your education is successful when the kids on their own are saying, "Look, they're seeds. I can grow something, and I I'm can do, do something." That, right, and they're proud of that ability, that agency. Yes. So at the end of that learning educational experience is, is the action is the something I can do. Sometimes it's going to be very concrete. Sometimes it won't, even if that is, I can ask a really good question. That's still a product. It's like, I can continue to seek and learn. That sounds like so much fun. It also sounds like, you know, it's a, when you said we're not doing this in, we may not be doing this in the schools, we're doing it in the farm, but you know, again, this, Thinking about ways various people learn is another way to, you know, dismantle some of those barriers. Right. Like my subtle segue. Uh-huh. I like that. I like that. So yeah, sharing those actions. And that's an action that is a disruptor to barriers that are created by individuals. No, the school curriculum says we will have a five-word spelling exam about what farmers do. Right. <laughs> what, right. You know. Or even just, like I said, co- collective cultural habits. Uh, maybe one of our collective habits is that we eat food and the last thing we do is think about where it came from. But yeah, so having those opportunities. And I hear you say you had a listening conversation with teachers. Right. Just ha- giving teachers the opportunity to do that, to voice something and have them see an end result. Because sometimes I talk to teachers like, yeah, I don't want to do that because we talk to everybody and nothing happens. <laughs> They're just like their students. They're like, if you're going to talk to me, I want to see an end result, which is not a lot to ask for someone to give you their time and then to say, well, this is, you know, here's an update. This is where we are. Absolutely. How recent was that trip? Was that a while ago? Because I'm still, I forget we had COVID. Are you back? Okay. So are you back since? Okay. Yeah, we're back. We've got students on the farm. One of the things COVID did, because we've got a we've got a learn team who were responsible for, you know, when we have class trips to teach kids and do these educational components, but with COVID, we couldn't do that. So we flipped it to a virtual training. Okay. What's interesting about that is we've expanded our reach. And so we've done these. We've done a number of videos. I think right now we have five. We have another five we're going to create. We've got lesson plans. They meet Michigan State curriculum, so teachers can use them as part of their curriculum. They were developed as a result of what teachers told us they wanted in their classrooms. And our reach is now beyond Michigan. Schools across the country are saying, hey, can, is it okay if we use it too, right? And so we're developing more and more curriculum around, you know, it's, it's farming, 
uh, it's eating, it's good nutrition, it's soil health, it's composting, but we're always kind of bringing it back through this educational lens. So that sounds exciting. So it's a both and, right? We've got on-site, which is critical, but without COVID, I don't think we would have ever gone virtual. No. We would have said, no, this could only be done in person. Yep. And what we learned is that's just not true. Yep. And that's what I think something we talked about earlier, which was, again, it's not every, I've not known an educational reform agenda that worked. So that's why we should stop reforming it. And we should just do it differently. Take something from the rubble and rebuild it. So I'm trying to repurpose a piano because we couldn't get anybody pick it up and trying to just have it thrown out. I'm like, so I'm repurposing it into like a computer desk, a writing desk. I could actually do a writing desk or like a wine bar thing. So yeah, I got my dismantled the pieces and everything. And now I see the pieces that I have sitting on the side. I contacted a a friend of mine who put me in contact with a carpenter. (laughs) I'm like, hey, what can I make out of this wood? So we're going to try to, I'm going to have him make those foldable table trays. I'm like, why throw this away? Why, you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, make the piano better. I'm just going to make the piano into something else. So no, we're not redoing because we, we can't. It's messed up. So we need to <laughs> take what we have and repurpose it. And yeah, and like you say, you know, the hardest, the most difficult thing I think about COVID is paying attention to the additional costs, just access to technology. But once you gain access to technology, you need quality stuff on the other end. Once you get connected, you need quality things on the other end. So what I hear you're doing is making those connections and having quality curriculum and lesson plans that people can use. Yep, absolutely. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Tea. We welcome you back for future episodes. I'm Moore Salata Mohammed, your host and producer. The music you heard at the start of this episode was composed by Kasira Mohammed Smith. And until next time, sumum bonum and ubuntu.